the realestateexperts.com podcast with the dirty tricks that real estate agents use to steal your money, really. I mean, it's uh, just fool you. Absolutely. I'm Brian Crabtree. I'm Mackenzie Crabtree. Coming up, how to stage your home for free and avoid having to do all those renovations. A lot of people get ready to sell their home. They got to do new granite, new appliances new flooring, all that kind of stuff. Sometimes that's necessary, but there is a way to stage your home at no cost and avoid doing all of that and make it presentable and competitive in the market. We'll get to that coming up in these dirty tricks. Not all of these are dirty tricks. Some of these are fancy tricks to actually empower you as a home seller and do it in a positive way. But we're going to start with the dirty stuff. You know, I've gone to some listing appointments and walked in right behind some agents and they're just so Bowl of bull. I just want to throw up like at their dining room table. It's not appropriate, I know. But. Yeah, yeah. There's so much out there where the listing agents have these gimmicks. I wrote a piece on Damn. on my blog talk40.com talking about the home sale guarantee as an example. This is one of our dirty tricks. The home sale guarantee. You'll hear agents advertising this. If I don't sell your home in sixty or ninety days, I'll buy it. But yet they never buy a home. So that means that what, what they have a perfect sales record. They never have a home that doesn't sell. No, these agents that advertise on Atlanta or big market radio that they will buy your home if they can't sell it generally have dozens of listings every year that don't sell. What they ultimately do is they come in with an offer that is so below retail. <sighs> oh my gosh, I would buy it with you. I'm sure, every time. $200,000 house, they made offer 150, 160. That's the home sale guarantee and then they need a 7 or 8% real estate commission. I've actually seen it once, really? 8, 8%. And so you list the home for 7 or 8% commission and you have a home sale guarantee of 160, let's say. And then in 90 days, if the home that's worth $200,000, but you're going to list at $189,900 is not sold, well, duh, it's going to sell. With if multiple offers. Multiple yeah. offers week one. Then if, if you, you list it under market at a very high commission rate, if we don't... Um, if we don't perform. If we don't perform yeah. in the first 60 to 90 days, whatever they say, then we'll buy it at some low ball market value of 160 and you're still going to pay us the commission. That's a gimmick. It's a scam, really. It's a scam to steal your equity, but it's really not. They don't want to buy. How many people fall for that, though? I, I mean, some of the sellers I meet with, I mean, they. Thousands. Really? Just in Atlanta. Yeah. Thousands of people hear those ads and go, wow, that's great. They call up. But how many times does it work when they're actually sitting at the table? How many times do they say, fine, I'll just sign with you because you're here? Well, they, the problem is, is they're offered a plan B. A plan B is you can, we'll list it for five or 6% commission, but we won't, we do won't, anything. we won't do any of this other stuff we're talking about. We won't give you a guaranteed sale. We won't give you a guaranteed release. Uh, we won't underprice the home. If you want to price it at whatever you want, this is what we're willing to price. One eighty nine on a two hundred thousand dollar home. We'll offer you one sixty if you don't sell it ninety days and you have to close. Plus, you got to pay us that eight percent commission. Of course, no one signs up for that. They don't want you to sign. But how do they just not kick you out of the house for lying to them from the beginning? That's what I've never, I've never tried to sit there and lie to a seller. Which is why you don't get 100% of the listings, because most of the time they just want to hear what they want to hear. Well, it depends so, on how it's presented, but I think the bottom line is that there's a lot of people who just have this agent sitting in front of them. They're so nice, and you know, and, and they're just presenting the system, because the person who actually advertised didn't come out themselves. It was somebody who just got their license six months ago, this nice little kid, and he's running the system, and he's going to do it for 5%, and the seller goes, oh, well, that sounds even better. I'd rather save 
the 5% because sellers a lot of times get so fixated on the commission rate. Oh my like, gosh, yeah. oh yeah, I didn't realize it was 7 or 8%. So they don't even realize they're being diluted because they see this 5 or 6% rate over here. And they go, I just want that one. I don't care if you buy the home. Now that I see that it's a higher commission, I just want the low commission. <clears throat> right? So people, I think people really look past the fact that they were already deceived. I don't on, even care if you put it in the MLS. I just want the 5% commission. Yeah, they well, they already, I think they're so fixated on the money they perceive they're saving, losing, um, that they don't realize that they were already dilu diluted going into the relationship. So the whole process, even if it's fairly smooth, is going to be delusional. And then you see these agents advertise how, how great their ratings are on Zillow and Truly and all this. And listen... You can't really depend on ratings online. I mean, if someone just has overwhelmingly bad ratings and certain reviews, you might want to listen at that point. You, know? you don't. You want. You might want to listen. You might want to listen. It could be a bunch of competitors, or it could be in my case, since I do all kinds of media. Somebody going to try to post a review about me it has nothing to do with my real estate. It has to right. do with my commentary on a political issue. So, uh, a lot of these agents actually. Uh, have their clients bring the computer in and they sit there in the office as part of the closing and actually write a review for their client. That's a violation of, of like Zillow or Google's terms and policies, but they do it anyway. There's another trick that's uh, that's done called the uh, fake open house. I don't know if you've heard of this one, McKenzie, but it's it, called a Fopen. A Fopen? Fopen house. A Fopen house. Right. Faux so, open. Yeah. Well, they actually hold it open, but they take the listing. They, 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 post date the listing so it doesn't start right away they go get their developer friends because it's a if it's an old dumpy house piece of land they get their developer friends to actually um come in and make an offer they know that if they do that they're going to get both sides of the sale and mm -hmm. they'll get the listing once the developer builder builds a new house right quite a couple of people have gotten in trouble for that throughout the years by the way yeah and so what ends up happening is they hold the open house allow people to you know go through it and then the next day they have the offer from the builder before anybody else has a chance to even talk to the mortgage lender oh it looks all legitimate right but they they never bothered to tell the seller that they had all this activity and they steered the sale toward their own deal um they here's another trick that tricks buyers and it may not matter to sellers, but it matters to to, to buyers. I, I would think it may matter to sellers if you like integrity. They pay. They post a fake listing that's not real uh, to get buyers to call. Bait and switch. And then they bait and switch them when they call. The listing never really existed, or they didn't have the right to post a listing. I see that a lot. I see my listings a lot actually on other people's sites. <laughs> well, I'm dealing with that. You know these uh, these co working office spaces. I'm I'm looking for one right now. And I go out and you Google it and you end up on some guy's website. His same name keeps popping up and it turns out to be a Regis or a WeWork mm -hmm. or the Atlanta mm -hmm. Tech Village. And he's marketing all of their products. And I guess he's getting a commission if he refers them in. But I'm like, I don't want to talk to that guy. I want to talk to the person right. that has the listing. Right. You know, um, they um, here's another one that's online. And this is one of the reasons that it's still important to have a real estate agent as a buyer. Dirty tricks. People use old listings that no longer exist they leave them up on purpose on craigslist on zillow and all these sites they or they repost them even at closing because they go away automatically uh -huh. and then you call on it oh well that one just sold i'm sorry we, we we didn't take it down and of course i meant to leave it up and that's just to get you to call agents who are doing that in this day and age are desperate desperate old school and they they believe in puffery and trickery which means you can't really trust them um, here's the one I get. I just posted a listing on Zillow, McKenzie, 
and you heard the phone ringing this morning off and off off and on on and on and on all day yeah. and it was all these agents in a different city calling who obviously don't know i'm in the real estate business uh about my for sale by owner on zillow because i just want to see what kind of calls i'd get if there was activity and they all say i have a buyer for your home really bring me an offer well nope. i need to, i need to sit down and talk to you about it because we really need to list it well then you don't have a buyer i mean if you really have a buyer you would have offered me yeah, maybe you'd want double side commission. Maybe you'd say, I, I, I have a buyer, but I want a 6% commission because I'm going to do all the work working with you and working with them. I don't know about that because sometimes I really, really, really have a buyer. Well, you might, but most agents that are calling up don't have three deals a year. They sure as hell don't have a buyer for some random listing they saw on Zillow. Yeah, but some of these random listings, let's say that they're condos or townhouses, and if somebody's looking in that building or that neighborhood, I really do. have. I have a list. I have a... Gosh, do I, I have a book that I just go back to all the time just to see, oh my gosh, is anything listed in this neighborhood for these people and send them a, an updated email because I really do have buyers. Well, and there's a lot of sellers smart enough to realize that there's a lot of agents saying that that don't, but 95 times out of a hundred, when an agent calls up and your listing has expired or you have a for sale by owner and they say, I have a buyer, you know, they, they're, they're preying on you because you want to sell it. And they think that, you know, that'll at least get me in front of, uh, of you. And then a lot of times that converts into a listing. Then they can bait listing. and switch you and they'll buy your home for free. No, right? no. Well, then they'll get your listing and then they don't really have a buyer. And, and I've dealt with that over the years with expired listings a lot where someone got baited into that. Oh, yeah, they told me they had a buyer. I listed with them and then they didn't have a buyer. Um, there's another buyer uh, beware issue out there that is, well, this works both ways. Okay. So we have an agent that's in, uh, in the building where you and I live in Buckhead that does this all the time. And it's called the old steer your client to your own listings trick, right? And there's two, two problems with this mentality. This is an agent that's an old school thinking. They're greedy. They want both sides of a transaction. They're not happy just making 3% of half a million dollars, which is 15 grand in commission. They want 30. It's not enough just to make one side. They want both. So they have a buyer that's trusted them to find them the best property and listing. And, and, and they have a responsibility to the buyer and they steer them toward their own listings, not because they want to sell their own listings per se. They just want both sides of the commission. The other side of it that's really damaging to sellers is the agent that does that when someone calls up with a with a with a with a real buyer, with a real buyer. It's another agent. They call the the person and they think they might have a buyer for their own listing and they kind of shove the agent with the buyer away mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and or and, tell them it's already under contract or you've got an offer already and yeah. it's, it's not even true because we've tried that this particular agent i'm talking about we we suspected this is what they were doing so you'd have a buyer mckenzie you'd text the agent is this still available? I want to show it. I, I've already got a contract. And really? Then, it's only been listed for four minutes. Yeah. It's and amazing. then I, I turned around and had someone on my behalf or your behalf call as a random quote unquote buyer. I'd call it a tester. Yeah. And all of a sudden the property is wide open. Oh yeah. I can show it to you today. Yeah. Do you have any offers? No. Wow. Okay, Maybe it's great. just me. I don't know. No, it's not just you. This is how greedy and crooked some of these people are. And the bottom line is, is that particular home seller has no way of knowing that they're not being yeah. exposed to the highest potential offer because there's no chance for competition when the agent is only worried about selling their own listings. And most of the time, if it's a vacant home and the seller's already moved away, it's even worse because you're leaving this person uh, with your home and completely they're just going around you 
So here's a here's another one. Well, is this the last one I'm going to do? Uh, let's see the old steel buyers from newer dumber agents trick. Uh, here's how it works: the newer agent responds to an off-market pocket listing on one of these groups, which the bad apple has posted. So bad agent posts a pocket off-market listing. Newer agents excited to find the property, which fits their buyer's criteria, but they still need the full address to the property to drive by or do a showing. So the bad Apple agent says, sure, no problem. Send me your buyer's name so I can register them with the seller. And then boom, they go find the buyer because on this day and age, you go Facebook, whatever, you find the buyer and they steal it before they put it on the market. Now, why does a seller care about this? Well, a seller cares because now you've got a potential toxic situation going on when the buyer's client relationship is destroyed and the agent's fighting for the commission and, and, and kind of polluting the process. And the agent is basically more worried about stealing someone else's business than just getting the seller's home sold. Now that may sound, well, I don't care as long as they sell my listing, my home that I need to sell. But the end result is if that's happening a lot, you're actually running people off. You're yeah. actually, because some agents will go and say, this is what this agent's doing. And the buyer will go, I don't want to mess with that kind of kind of person. It happens all the time and we see it. Oh, it only takes one transaction. And then, you know, we don't steer clients away from anybody. But I am more than open when discussing with them, you know, this is what my last experience was. Just saying. It's yeah, all I mean, up you to do, you at this you, point. You owe it to someone to yeah. say, you know, listen, this particular agent is notorious for this following behavior is this the home you really want if it is i'm happy to go to battle for Absolutely. you Absolutely, i just want to we'll watch make, it go down i just want to make sure you realize this isn't going to be a fun experience and and here's what's going to happen and sometimes the buyer says well i'd rather go, i mean I, I like both of these properties i'll go with that one or the agent is so difficult as i predicted or projected to the buyer that they then basically just realize it in the process because the agent's getting in the way and then we end up going to the other property anyway seller has no idea that they're not selling their property and sitting on the market forever because the agent that they're working with as their listing agent is completely hijacking every transaction hoping Mm -hmm. to end up selling both sides of it it's the same thing um uh though pricing a home that's something other than its true value trick this happens a lot where this is more in the home builders that do this um I don't know. I see this a lot in some of the condo buildings, too. Like to describe how you see it. Um, so sometimes I see that properties um, have sold and I know what their value should be. But then I see agents that come in um, and then say, you know, I can sell this within a week. And they price it 10, 15,000 below market. And they do. They get multiple offers. Yeah. They sell it themselves. The seller is the one that loses out. And technically, they just don't show all the comps to these sellers. Yeah, that one drives me nuts because it ultimately harms the values for everybody else in the neighborhood, and it keeps the the seller, the homeowner, from really getting the most money for their property. And they're not—they're the type of people that are too trusting that believe what they're getting is the truth. Um, but there's another side of that, and I see this with home builders. They'll list a home on lot 26 of a mm-hmm. developing neighborhood, and they'll list it for three forty-eight nine. Starting at. No, no, it doesn't say that in the MLS. It says 348.9. There wasn't enough space for the verbiage, but it's starting at. It is starting at because then you go out there and the actual home that they're putting. Well, I mean, if you want doorknobs and everything, sure. The actual home that is already planned to go on that lot is 396.700. 
but you're already there and they've already got you under the ether and they're they're giving you the dog and pony show and the model that's got 190,000 in upgrades and people don't realize and this they may is, have you as a client if you're a, they took you from your original uh, buyer's agent. This is in, indicative of, of what the marriage with this builder is going to be like. It drives me nuts when I see that. Now, you mentioned how it is that some people list their homes or condos and they're fifteen or 30000 under value and they have multiple offers and sell so them. So frustrating. They sell them quickly. It's called the manipulate the comparable sales report to your advantage trick. Either you, there's two ways you this works. You delete some of the comps. So you either present a sales report that has manipulated listings, meaning they're older than what's available, mm -hmm. meaning they're yesterday's prices, or they are properties that look like they're a similar match, but maybe weren't in as good of condition. You delete some photos so that they look better. This happens all the time. And how do we know this? Well, how do you know, Crabtree, if you don't do this? Well, because we've this seen it. This is what it. we're up against. It's what we're up against. We're always looking at what's our competition and why are they winning? And people end up giving you this feedback, especially when you sit down with a seller today and six months from now, their property hasn't sold. And they come back to you and say, I wish I'd have hired you to begin with. Here's what I went through. And you're like, oh, my God. And, 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 and then you know that agent the next time they come. But it's like whack-a-mole. They just keep coming, doing all of this fraudulent stuff. The other side of it is the other way people get listings is they use comparables that aren't really the best representation on the high side. Mm -hmm. And we call that bidding for the listing. So we come in with true comps meaning other sales in the neighborhood that truly match the home, make the adjustments and suggest a price, say 300000 then these people pull comparables from other communities that are better or have more amenities or have more square footage or more upgrades that are 330 and they suggest a price that's way over the market. And then we give them the real price and we appear to be the ones undercutting their value. So a seller Costing naturally goes, the money. Yeah, seller naturally goes to the agent who bid the highest for the listing. You can't fall for that stuff. Dirty you tricks. Dirty tricks. Now there is a uh I got some clean tricks. Not so dirty trick. Let's talk about some clean tricks. Uh home staging. You know, so I had met a seller last quarter. I'm sorry. I had met a seller um, three years ago last quarter. So it was right before spring who um, really needed to sell her home, had no money, went through a whole thing with her husband, whatever. So had no, no money. So she moved out of her place. Her place is completely vacant. We needed to stage. There was just no other way. There were several other properties in the, in the same um, area that were all selling and they were all staged. So I found a group that actually stages for free. And you're like, for free, for free? Or is there like a catch? So the way that they do it, they have home managers move into your vacant property. They take care of your power and your water. And if you have a pool, um, they take care of all of your bills, your landscaping and everything. Okay. So basically someone is living there, almost renting it really. But um, this home staging company gets money from them. They get like a reduced rental rate. And in exchange, you get all of this awesome furniture. And it's funny because if, if you notice, these people are professional home managers. They move from property to property to property. So you'll see some of the same furniture in different places. Um, but they are professional designers. They're available within five minutes notice. Um, the house is always like 100%. And so far, the feedback that I've gotten is, you know, maybe they didn't like the house, but it was staged beautifully. You know, I the first time I heard this and the first time I presented it to one of my sellers many years ago, this came out about a decade ago or maybe eight or nine years ago, the concept of this, it, it, it started becoming more mainstream. And I said, so let me get this straight. 
you want my client, and this was my client's reaction too, you want my client to give you the property, allow you to lease it to someone who's going to in turn bring in their very nice stuff and replace my crappy stuff. And that's going to somehow help me sell the house. And, and Yes, and I said, but if there's nothing in there, I think it's a great idea. If it's a vacant house anyway, I think it's a great yeah, idea. Yeah, so, but now I have, it's a much more developed concept now. So I look at it like this. Every house you and I go in, for the most part, with a few exceptions, even the nicest furnished homes are not really that well prepared for market. And you could have the highest of high-end furniture, the best fixtures and, and, and finishes in this home, but the personal tastes of an individual family in a home. Three, not necessarily a family either. 300 grand, 3 million, doesn't matter. Generally are not mass appeal to the market that exists today because there's so much uniqueness and individuality in most homes. What these people do is they don't really have the individuality. They don't bring in pictures of the kids. They don't have that dish that's displayed on the top right. of the cabinets that they, that they got in Brazil. They don't have that piece of furniture that they saw in China and had shipped in. The hand-me-down. They don't have that hand-me-down heirloom that, that, that means the world. And, the, and, and, and it They really, really need to speaks, put it in a pod. speaks to the bottom of my heart from a family heirloom standpoint, passed down for generations, but looks like crap otherwise to anyone who doesn't know the story. So they don't have all that stuff. And it's easier, really, to just, if you're dedicated to selling, you got your price right, and you're in a desirable area, almost easier just to move on, move out, let these people come in and stage, blow through it, and move on. I mean, it's free. And they're out within 21 days. You can break the contract. You know, if you get a buyer who's ready to go, ready to close. They just need 21 days. So I thought that was a pretty cool thing. And they don't have pets and they don't smoke and all that stuff. It's a great option if you have like no money. So that's that's one option. The other is if you don't want to move out of your home, you can spend a couple of thousand dollars, have a stager come in, put some of their stuff in, take the stuff of yours that's going to be in Mm -hmm. your way out, put it in a pod, put it in the garage and boxes, go ahead and get that part done. And then after that, it's two to four, five hundred dollars a month, depending on how big your home is. And so that's the option that's necessary if you can't move out and your home needs to be staged. There are some homes that don't need to be staged, and and I say that loosely because the homes that don't need a professional stager still need staging that we help people conduct based upon knowing how to kind of v- make the home vanilla. You, you, it may sound odd, but you really want to take a very pretty vanilla with a twist. Vanilla. You want to take a very pretty exotic Maybe vanilla with some sprinkles or something. I don't know. Basically, vanilla. But you want it to be vanilla because if you look at HGTV, that's a good guide. Most of those homes that are staged have vanilla staging. It's the same stuff over and over again. It's the same color pattern over and over again. So in that essence, it's vanilla. It's homogenized. It doesn't mean it's boring. It's mainstream. It's just mainstream and homogenized. That's my description of vanilla in a single word. Now, landscaping this time of year um, is a must. You tend to be the landscaping expert in the in terms of of just this is what you do. You have put you in, seen our yard? I'm just asking. My yard. <laughs> I oh. know that we're still in process. Yeah, and we'll leave yeah. it there. Leave me alone. Um, you know, I have had the benefit of, of having some great um, landscape designers work with me since like 2004. So I've had. Um, some great um, people. So, you know, first thing, when you hire a real estate agent, you really want to know who their vendors are. Who do they work with? Do they have, like, somebody 
that that that's good because they're they're going to be doing this a lot, and chances are they've got somebody they've worked with that is really awesome. So I've got a great group that comes out and will give you ideas. They will come out there and give you ideas. And if you want to do it yourself, that's all you. But if you need some help, they've got people for it. And then they can give you like an overall scape to make it into like Pleasantville, or they can just put in, you know, some rose bushes here or there. And it's such a wide variety. But what really happens is like they wind up um, meeting the homeowner. They'll do some landscaping and, and help maintain the property for them. So it's a really good mix. But a lot of the times you, you want to get somebody else's expert opinion. And if you don't want to spend any money whatsoever, I would probably go with talking to the yard of the month person while they're out there gardening one Saturday and say, you know, this is so beautiful. Would you mind taking a look at mine down the street and just tell me what you would do? I'm just so lost. And yours is so fabulous. And yeah. nine times out of 10, they're going to give you 15 minutes. And usually there's a kid in the neighborhood to do the labor for you. Um, you know, if it's just the basic stuff, the pine straw, the mulch, a couple of flowers, trim up the bushes. If you got a couple of dead bushes, dead leaves on something, get that trimmed I mean, off. curb appeal is it's really... It's so important. It it's first so, impression. It, it is. You know, if someone sees it online, we can make it look really pretty online. Oh, I've got a, I, I got some magicians there who can uh, do some online. Yeah, there. but Absolutely. but ultimately, you want to make it yeah. look like it's whatever it appears to be online. Reality sucks sometimes. Yeah, you you, know? you don't want reality when they drive up to be less than what it appears to be online. You want the online view and the drive up view to at least match. And the the ideal scenario is it looks better in person than it does online. That's how you close the deal. I saw a Facebook post the other day. This girl wrote. Your camera guy must have been a magician because uh, those pictures sure did not make like that house yeah. look like it actually. But you did. know that's a problem when you get that feedback because um, that means people get disappointed there at the house. So you got to be careful about that. That's one of the reasons I love professional photography, but at the same time, it gives me I'm cautious with it because you need I to don't be underwhelming. I don't. If you oversell to buyers online and and, and there's better an un- live up to it. Undersell in person, it's it's pretty bad. All right, dirty tricks and clean tricks for selling your home. There'll be more. Keep uh, keep your eyes on the real estate tab at therealestateexperts.com. And if you need to get the value of your home, we'll sell your home and make it easy on you. Therealestateexperts.com. If you're not there already, bookmark it.